And I'm Lenny Kluge. We are two immigrants living in Chile, bringing you information on news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English news podcast. For more information about the news topics you will hear today, check out our news affiliate, chiletoday.cl. If you have any questions, stories to share, or just want to say hi, message us on Instagram at Chile Today Podcast or email us at chiletodaypodcast at gmail.com. If you're feeling generous, rate and review us so that more people can find our podcast. How are you? Take two. I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long week. It's been a, it's been a terrible week, man. It's been quite a week. Uh, quite a week, yeah. Yeah. Never stay up till two in the morning by accident watching a reality show when a war is declared on another uh, country. Oh it gets real creepy. Yeah. Like, that's actually the reality show these days. Oh, my God. It's way... It's not entertaining. I don't like it. Can yeah. we cancel it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I usually don't get... Like, I'm very good at, like... Uh, kind of like comp compartmentalizing the news like I usually don't let it get to me but this time it got to me like it it's just like having in like a how's it, how do you call it like in uh war of attack like war of aggression like for the first time in Europe for like since World War II and everything I don't know it just hit too close to home so yeah we've been talking a lot about yeah, this just but before so did we this hit differently than it did for you in 2014 when there was the annexation of crimea and all of that yeah because you? it was a lot more underhanded in a way it was more i mean and i'm not saying that like there's been war and con conflict all along we got like the civil war in syria we got like yeah, afghanistan like there's still we wars got going on but We're just it not was like i think what it made it different it was like a war it was like a Putin war of a <laughs> It was like a war of aggression, which is like we declare war on you, boom! Like this has not happened. Is since. it because you're German? In a way, I, I wouldn't even like. Okay, you you're asking this tongue in cheek, but like I think it has something. To no, do I'm with not. It I'm honestly like, yeah. is there's like some gen intergenerational trauma here that's like, wow, okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was because I mean, it's like uh, it's just like the first time since World War II that actually one country invaded another country like openly. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, Again, you know, it was not subterfuge. It was no, like, uh, smoke and mirrors. It was just like, we're going to de declare war on you. We take this country. <laughs> this is okay, okay. This oh, is Jesus. new. Yeah. I yeah. mean, my trauma comes from please don't invade, please don't invade, U.S., please don't invade, please don't invade. Because, you know, that's, you know, we, we got out of Afghanistan like seven seconds ago and we've been waiting for a war, right? So, so I was like, please, no. <laughs> Stop, please. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we could fill in entire hour or more talking about yeah. what's going on over there well let's uh, <laughs> check out our new podcast <laughs> check out our new podcast Ukraine Lenny today. and I talk no, about that's, that's too soon oh, too no. soon oh no yeah, but it's shitty and I hope well, well you know our thoughts Ukraine, no so. matter what you're I, I don't care what anybody listening's political affiliations with my thoughts are with the peop the civilians yep same, whatever same. side you were on if you're a Russian, if you're a Ukrainian, uh, my heart goes out to the civilians and the people who are displaced and the people who are in fear. My my heart goes out to those people, and uh, it, it's war sucks. It's never gonna not suck, and it it sucks. Yeah, word up. Word, so word up, word down, how about, how about some how about some good news for a change? We got something new here. Oh, guys, want to tell so them about excited. it, Bethany? Okay, yes. So I'm so excited. We've been working on this for a long time. It's actually still in the works, but we finally launched our first tier for Patreon. Woo! Yes, we only have one tier right now, which is the five dollar level of Patreon. We're going to have other levels for those of you who want to get real fancy and have real extra mm. content. 
Dollar, but dollar bill, that takes y'all. a lot of uh, more logistics. Uh, but right now, if you join the $5 level, um, you're going to be obviously supporting us, helping us be able to buy better equipment, um, bring you some, maybe some more sophisticated, I don't know, more sophisticated. I Maybe I spoke too soon. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, at least absolutely better beer, better beer for the recording yeah, sessions. At least bring, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Not that I'm complaining about the Becker, but hey. Yeah, we're drinking Becker, which is Chilean's Budweiser, which is fine. I don't mind. I don't yeah. mind it. I'm from Arkansas. It's, it's good. It's, it's all good. It's, 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 it's good for me. I like it. It's hot today. Um, and it's really great. There's a lot of really cool stuff that we're doing. A lot of you guys email us and message us all the time about tips. And sometimes we always love for you guys to email us and message us. And we want to help you out. But we're making printables of different kinds of tips for you. Like um, right now, uh, the we have, we're going to bring you new tips every month. And every month, if you join, you'll have access to all the tips that we have. So right now, for example, we're working on uh, you can access best bars to watch international sports because we know that when you live in another country, when you visit another country, you want to watch your team, whether you're from the U.S., you're from Germany, wherever, you want to watch your team, and it helps you feel more at home. So you can we have tips for those things. Ooh, we're going to bring you tips sports. for all sorts of things. We also have... Uh, discount tickets for events in Chile. Um, it maybe there's events that you can go get a free beer. All that kind of stuff you can get access to exclusively on our Patreon. And we're going to be bringing you more levels with some merch and I stuff. I love sports and, and some awesome things. We're I watch sports on all the time. The only sports you watch is when Germany plays. It's like so I l- I love when one sports team plays another sports team. They outsports the each other, and they do more sport. One team does more sportsing than the other team, and then they outsports the other team, and then they get the sports. He jokes, but though when Germany plays football, when Germany plays soccer, this guy <laughs> acts as if he is the biggest soccer fan that has ever soccered. Well, there's this been is... times when I've had like a get together, and I was like, "Lenny, are you coming?" He's like, well, "No, I can't." And I was like, "Wait, what's going on?" He's like, "Jeremy's playing soccer." I'm like, <laughs> "Duh." I'm like, "You don't <laughs> even like sports." So what? That's I'm a... that's why would you even say that? <laughs> he, he only likes it when it, it's the only thing the Germans can cheer for anymore. Okay. Oh, <laughs> this got dark very quickly. Uh, yeah, oh boy. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. (laughs) But yeah, so we're bringing you that. We also have some events coming up that if you're on the Patreon, you'll get to either go free or get some free stuff when you go. So, uh, Lenny, tell us about those events. Those events. So we got a couple of events coming up. The next one would be in March because by the time you listen to this, it might actually already be more. You know, no, it'll be, be the, the, last, the very last day of February. The last day of February. We have one tomorrow, but yeah, you we're guys talking, are going to miss that. Yeah, we're if, unless you already went, which we love you if you did. Yeah, because we're talking to you from the past. <gasps> so there's an upcoming event on March 17th, which is... St. Patrick's Day! St. Patrick's Day, that is correct. And we're going to combine that St. Patrick's Day with our famous horrible movie night. Mm-hmm. And we're going to watch... Leprechaun. Of course we're going to watch Leprechaun. Leprechaun. <laughs> Leprechaun. <laughs> no, I've never watched that movie. Uh, that's kind of like... I've never seen it, it either. It's a straight up horror flick, isn't it? It's. Uh, it, I think so. It's like it's like um, B-movie, uh, old ni- 90s, 80s, 90-something. Yeah. Uh, was saying 90s movie. Apparently Jennifer Aniston was in it for yeah. like two seconds or something. Uh, it's supposed to be horrible, but it's... But it's a horrible horror movie. It's a horrible horror movie. Um, if you've never been to horrible movie night, it's just fun. It's super casual. You go, you sit, you drink a soda or a beer if you're a drinker, you order some fish and chips, laugh your heads off with other people. Like, I'm you don't want to sit by yourself and watch a horrible movie. But when you're with people, it's funny. 
And it's also sort of going to be slash a St. Patrick's Day, but kind of get together, like hang out, maybe play some board games. I don't know. It's going to be fun. Hold on. Did you say slash or slash or St. Patrick's Day? Slash St. Patrick's okay, Day, but also slash. Yeah, I mean, that will make sense. That's what I'm asking. I've never seen Leprechaun. Is it a small Leprechaun that just murders people? I mean. Who thinks of these things? Why is the lepre- Leprechaun so angry? Uh, I mean, small people that murder, small things that murder people. Chucky, I mean, it's not a new thing. Saying, okay, it's, that's a fair point. Yeah, see, why why are people freaked out by small things? I'm small. Do you people think I'm not scared. freaked out right now? <laughs> <laughs> True. So we got we got that horrible movie night. You better come. It's for free. As you already mentioned, I think it's it, absolutely that one is free, free. But if you are on our pates, you're gonna get free stuff when you go, like free alcohol. Yeah. Or if you're not a drinker, we'll give you free, it's like doubly free juice or soda or something. Yeah. Instead, it's like we pay you. Well, we don't pay it's you. It's literally you get your money back if you actually <laughs> join our Patreon and go to the events. No kidding. We're not good business people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we want to encourage you take all to advantage join, of create us. a community. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take advantage of us. It's very mm, consensual. Yeah, right. Consensual advantage. Okay. Now, if a horrible movie night is not really your thing you're at, and you rather go out to see some stand-up comedy, well, guess what? There's a stand-up comedy show on March 19th. Exactly. That's, that's two days after. And that's your birthday. I know, but I'm not going to be there. But you're not going to be there no, because gonna be you're not going to risk it. You're no, not going to no, risk no. it. I'm going to be self-courting. I'm, tra- I'm traveling to the U.S. to go to Disney World. You're wearing a Dis- You're wearing. It's funny because he's wearing a Mickey shirt, which is very me. And I'm wearing one of those those shirts that has a weird animal on it doing a weird thing, which is very him. And which is also. Uh, also a shirt he got me. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like we're dressed as each other today. Oh, so cute. Aww. So anyway, it's a bi bilingual stand-up comedy show it's gonna be at fiddlers and i think it's probably gonna start at 8 p.m yep 8 p.m Three thousand pesos to get in or yep. if you're on the patreon it's free everybody get on the patreon everybody get on the patreon support us help us buy new mics for fuck's sake and um we should put like have a subliminal recording on this episode like you play it backwards with your fingers you know they can hear that right okay maybe they should I'm just saying that we should put a subliminal recording on the record, like so when you play it backwards, it goes like, like get on Patreon, get on Patreon, (laughs) you know, something like that would be awesome, like Marilyn Manson style. Oh, by the way, that's patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. The the (laughs) is important because somehow Chile Today podcast was already taken, so it's the Chile Today podcast. Um. But yeah, so that's it. It's going to be really good. Lenny might even be telling jokes. Yeah. I think I think Pinguino is going to be telling jokes. Are you on the 19th? Well, now he, he says, is. No, are you? But are you thinking <laughs> about maybe it, he's Pinguino? Not. He says maybe, maybe. So if you want Pinguino to tell jokes, um, message me. us on Instagram at, at Chili Today Podcast. That's without the the. Yeah. Hey, if we get... Uh, tell you what. If... Within one week, we get at least five Patreon subscribers, I'm in. Hey, look. We got one. Well, right now. Four I just, more. I four more to launched, go, and I'm in. Which sounds sad, but I literally launched it like three hours ago. Um, and the first patron was my boyfriend, and I didn't ask him to join. I was like, we finally launched our Patreon. I worked really hard on and it. And he was he like, was oh, like, that was you? <laughs> <laughs> mean. He did it for you, Lenny. Oh, Because so, he wants to see me up to, on stage there. There you, there you go. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, so, now we got news. We got news. So we got 
COVID update. COVID. Yeah, because... Have you heard of this thing? It's called COVID-19. Yeah. Coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It's sweeping the nation and the international community. Have, have you heard of this? Yeah, no, because uh, since we were talking about the, the, the war in Ukraine, I thought we were talking about something that's a little bit more fun, so we're talking yeah, about co- COVID right now. It's called Corona because then it's crown because of the way that it's shaped. I'm just kidding. Oh my God, that is so fascinating. <laughs> so we get... I promise we, this isn't a podcast from 2019 right now. Yeah, that'd be... Oof, yeah. Well, yeah, I I just told you, like, we're talking to you from the past, but not that far back. Not that far back. So, however, I'm going to go one day further back because as of Thursday, February 24th, we had 30,675 cases. Patreon subscribers? No. That will be, like, I'd be (laughs) rolling in it right now, you know. I probably have my own island or whatever. No, we had corona cases. The day before that, it was around 25. The day before that, it was actually under 20. So, like, it made a little jump again. But it is falling, thank yeah. God. Like, we reached the peak of the wave, and mm-hmm. right now the positivity stands at uh, 25.62%. I compared that to my notes for the last time when we were recording, and it was, like, more or less stable. Like, the fluctuates are around 24 26%, which is also good. However, the ICU occupation right now is at 94%. Oh, no. The thing is, uh, that's the thing. It's like, right now the numbers are going down, but you got to remember that the ICU occupation is a lagging indicator because once you get corona, it can take up to three, four weeks right. for you to get exactly. hospitalized. So, like, that, we're exactly. probably going to see an increase in this still. But I prefer to stay positive here. See that. <laughs> see, even before Please we do reach not stay positive. Stay negative. Yeah, I stay negative, but I'm... <laughs> Uh, get out. Get I out. Like my own jokes. <laughs> Pinguina likes my jokes. You guys can't hear him, yeah, but he laughs at my jokes. Well, you pay him for it. Anyway, <laughs> with our big old Patreon money. So, yeah, the ICU occupation at 94%. Let's hope that it's not going to reach 100% until the basically the, the downturn of the wave is going to leave its mark on the ICU occupation too. I think so. So that would be great. Now, another thing is that last week, 223 children, children aged five or Sharon. younger, children were hospitalized last week, which is actually with COVID? a mass. Yep, which is was it a, with COVID or is yeah. that just chil- the number of children? No, hospitalized? no, with COVID, oh, and shit. that was a massive increase compared to an average of 13 per week in and last December. And children are starting school next week, or when you're hearing this, children in Chile are starting school. And that's one like, of the factors. Like in-person school. Yeah. Also, like the thing is that vacation is one of the factors there. The ah. thing is, like these 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 kids just never take your kids on vacation. The solution's easy. Leave them at home. Just, yeah, <laughs> no, lock them in the room. Throw lock away the key. Like leave a cold like pizza there. That's it. Yeah. Like leave them a can of beer. That should be fine. You know. So you know the thing is like these kids are also like healthy kids. It's like you know got to point that out. Those are not kids with comorbidities or are anything. These, are these <clears throat> are these kids that have been do we know the age level like are these vaccination kids uh-huh, no you know you're touching on the point because only 60 percent of all kids that could get vaccinated did get the shot now i don't know what is the percentage of the kids that were hospitalized but probably a very high percentage of those were not vaccinated sure. because as i just said only 60 percent of the kids that could have gotten vaccinated got vaccinated because people still tell themselves that kids don't get as sick as adults do which but is mostly true but not omicron is but omicron is a different animal yeah and the thing is also, even if it wasn't like that, if that results in fewer kids getting vaccinated overall, like the result is basically Again, you get a seat like on a exactly. grand scale, like what's Sending happening right now. And My, right now, Omicron is a different animal, as you just said. Uh-huh. You know, it's more harmful to kids apparently than, than Delta was. Experts expect a drastic drop of daily cases during the first two weeks of March already. Now, the peak was reached on uh, February 11th. 
<laughs> She's at peak. <laughs> Now, the seven-day rolling average reached its peak on February 13th, so let's say tomato, tomato, more or less the same day. It is expected for the daily cases to plateau at a, at a level of about 5,000 daily cases at around the first half of March. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a personal opinion. I'm not an expert, not by a long shot, but I think breaking the wave might actually take a little longer because, A, the end of the holiday season is right now. Yeah. Because... Okay, cases might be going down now, but right now everybody and their mothers coming back from the beaches and everybody starts mingling again with people that have been in different places and mixing mm-hmm. up and school starts and whatever. Same shit that happened last year. Mm-hmm. And also, don't forget, there's Omicron's daughter making mm-hmm. the rounds right now, which is more transmissible, which is more virulent. and it, it <laughs> Very virile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it might actually contribute to slowing down the fall of the daily infections. So, yeah. We're going to be paying attention. We're going to be updating you guys on that. Um, I somehow have like, I think everybody in this room, as far as we know, have has not had COVID yet. Nobody in this room, which is ins- like that in and of itself, isn't, there's three of us here. Yeah. None of us have had COVID that we know right. of. And there's That's no pretty plastic insane. screens in between us. No, no nothing. nothing. Not, we're just spitting all over each other. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you, know, you know how I know that I have COVID because. You have it? Yeah, because I have no, I have no sense of taste I've never had. Oh, yeah, you're uh, very... <laughs> oh, such a bad joke. Tasteless joke. Uh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Well, speaking of mobility passes, actually, has a news piece from about 10 days ago that uh, said that uh, almost 900,000 mobility passes were blocked because their holders didn't even get their first booster shot. Now, this is about... 7% of the 13.5 million people over 18 that received their first two shots. Why wouldn't you get your second? And that effectively puts the share fully vaccinated. And I did the math there. Like, it, this puts the share fully vaccinated and protected people from 90, from, was it from um, 93 to 87%. Right, like, because they usually say when they do the, the statistics, the statistics, mm. that uh, it's, Equis percent of the population has that has had at least one vaccine, which is totally useless nowadays yeah. because we you, we need to be approaching our second yeah, booster. You, you, you poop those antibodies right back out. Right back out. Right back out. Yeah, through the poop. <laughs> through the poop. Through the apparently. Poop. <laughs> We're being very serious today. Yeah. yeah. Um. So well, those people deserve to get their mobility passes blocked if they yeah. don't have their second well but how would you even might be, do that yeah but my, that might be also another factor that like because if memory serves the the good old omicron wave was breaking in most other countries by mid-february already sure now it's like oh okay no what's but the same what's the same thing here actually okay right. I, t- I take it back but the thing is that this might also contribute to slowing the process a little bit you know because we're not as like as a population right now we're not as vaccinated anymore yeah, as but 87 percent con- it's still a lot it's still a lot considering the rest of the world it, we're but, yeah but still man like almost like nine hundred thousand well, people falling out of that but, I mean, but right. also i think that the government needs to do a heavier put well th- first of all pinata's government has just fucked off like fucked right off like they d- do not give a shit about anything right now and so like back when there was the first booster and everything before the elections like he was really getting his team to like push 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 for those boosters now like i barely see any information or advertisements or encouragements about getting the next day i just they just don't give a shit they're just 
I, at least uh, I haven't I mean, seen, I've only seen the updates that say whose turn it is, but only when I'm scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. Like and I'm I not would, even paying attention. I would, I would suppose that probably once it gets into like the younger age brackets, probably then they're going to up a little bit the PR campaign because right now it's a very small I think they're just waiting to bracket. see what the new, the new health ministry is going to do. Because yeah, could be too. I mean, like what March 11th is when Boric is going to be inaugurated, inaugurated. Hopefully not. Inaugurated. Since you were just mentioning Pinero not giving a shit about nothing anymore. um, Now, last Wednesday, the 23rd, the first shipment of 1.5 million Moderna vaccines arrived in Chile. Oh, this is our first Moderna vaccine. Yep, and which is going to be the first shipment of a total of well, two or three million doses. I I read conflicting accounts there. Is this going to be our next booster? And mm, I'm not sure it might be. Now, the thing is, there's actually one quote from Pinera, which I thought a little bit bemusing, because he said, de esta forma estamos facilitando el trabajo del próximo gobierno. It's like, is this way we're going to be making We're going to help out the next government. Yeah, we're going to help out the next government. It's like, really funny. Because you know Boric, he's just going to be like, no more vaccines. No, It was going to be like, oh yeah, what do you want me to thank you now? He is so trying so hard right now to like leave a legacy that's not the fact that he was president during the estallido, like during the uprising Mm -hmm. and like made a total ass of himself. Well, at least he got the vaccination thing going. No, I will. Hey, I will always admit credit where credit's due. Pineda kicked ass as far as getting those vaccines into our country. But I can, hey, dude, (laughs) I can do a whole episode about why, um, because Chile is allies with both the U.S., Europe. And China, which is one reason oh, why it was well, easier than most countries. Write it out. Okay, well, last anyway, thing keep, on the COVID docket is now the second booster shot. People, if you are over 55, write it down because the second booster shot from in the week from February 28th to March 6th is for people over 55. That That's have you, received right? Fuck you. That have received their first booster until September 5th, 2021. I'm just going to pretend that I didn't hear that. Okay, so I got bank news. (laughs) As exciting as it gets. Put that in your bank. Okay, so this is BBVA, which is, how do they pronounce it here? BBVA. BBVA, and I say bubba because I like it. (laughs) Um, Are there BBVAs in Germany? I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't think we have. It's a Spanish bank. It's uh, was it Banco Bilbao, um, Vasco de Gama. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. I've never seen it in the U.S., but so it is a big bank though, and they're opening a representative office in Chile, which is good and going to sort of like go back to some of the things we're going to be talking about in our main topic today, which is that there's a lot of international investment still happening in Chile, which is really good. So the wholesale banking division is committed to their clients, and the bank has therefore decided to open their office in Chile to reinforce its already strong value proposition for Latin America. And it says that Chile is an attractive market to them and many other banks, and they hope that they can grow with Chile as it has a good economic um, outlook, which that's really good coming from a bank. Yeah, take that. So, and this was news from today. So, this is post Boric's election, and everything. So, if that puts you at a little bit of a relaxed state. Post, post Boric times. Yeah. So, Bebuvea, BBVA. Bebuvea. Booby, boobies. Baloo the bear. <laughs> They're actually allying with BSAE, which is a bank here, to provide payment and collection services. Collection services sounds really scary. Um,. And cash management, and they will carry out transactions through BSAE with BBVA's 
Why is it bebe u be a? I don't get it. Because if you would say, if you would pronounce the V like it's like they do in Chile, it would be bebevea. Okay, Chile, this bank, gonna work with BSAE. Um, for large multinational and local large corporations, um, f- for its clients doing loans and all the things that banks do, going to create more jobs, they say. Um, also, I have students who work for BSAE, and it really makes sense to me that they're going to be partnering with BSAE because BSAE is, was, is like one of the more innovative banks in the country. Yeah. They're the ones that created Much, yep. which was like, if you don't know what that is, that's kind of like the the what's called Vimeo 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 yeah it's like a digital digital wallet there you go for Chile the first digital wallet for Chile Uh, which you can also use if you're not a client of BCE yeah well and the thing is is we've talked about this before but this would be a good tip we could talk about on the Patreon is if you uh, don't have a bank in Chile which a lot of immigrants don't have until they get their visas You can use that wallet. Yeah, get set up. A, also, you can set up a virtual credit. We are not getting paid by them, by the way. No, I'm no just saying, like, absolutely I'm trying, not. Actually, I'm trying to get my friends to use it because I think it's just convenient. Like, I'm, It's super convenient. Yeah, and my, my friend is always like, still don't get why I should use it because it's easier to transfer but, money than like getting out your multi-pass. The, <laughs> the thing about being an, an immigrant, you might be in tramite for like a year and a half, two years, however long, and you can't get a bank unless you... And, unless you have a root, but you can open a match. Yeah, can you without a can, can you do that? You can a root? borrow someone's root. All you need is a root. <laughs> okay, get someone's root. All find a dead person. It's roots. fine. Uh, but I mean, like for example, I use my boyfriend's root for a few things because right now I'm in tramite and they won't let me do crap because it's, anyway, it's so, possible. Follow right. us on Instagram. Okay, exactly. So anyway. exactly. BCI is one of the more innovative banks, so it makes sense for them to partner with exactly with BSAI. Um, and so they're also going to be focusing on foreign trade um, and helping to encourage and facilitate foreign trade with Chile to other countries. So that's pretty interesting. And I think especially very timely with the topic that we're talking about today, which is will Chile become Venezuela? The international community, that no, they're very much still recognizing Chile as an emerging, stay like very, very strong. Con- yes, yeah, stay tuned. Part two, strong economy, things like that. Right. What else you got for us? Well, uh, sorry to say that, but I gotta gotta go back to a very dark topic, the one that we just talked about at the head of the show, what's going on in Ukraine and Russia oh, right no. now. Yeah. Because it does have an impact on Chile. Like mm-hmm. it's far, far, far away, but since it's a big old thing that's going on and has impacts economically, financially, I mean, that it's going are to have going impacts to be felt throughout the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, first things first, gotta say that um, we would be amiss not to mention that President elect Gabriel Boric unequivocally condemned Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. In a tweet, he said, Russia has chosen war to resolve conflicts. Chile condemns the invasion of Ukraine, the violation of the sovereignty and the illegitimate use of force. Our solidarity is with the victims and our humble efforts with peace. Yes. I was just going to also mention that, again, because of our topic today, um, Maduro from Venezuela did the opposite. He... Oh, 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 okay. I thought you were talking about something. Okay, yeah. Go no, ahead. No, he, he actually has spoken to support Russia. So, again, trying to draw differences here between the president-elect of Chile right. and Maduro. Actually, sidebar, I did have that on my docket, but I was like, okay, you know what? Too many news items. Maduro, like two weeks ago, he was not specifically talking about Boris, but he made a speech in front of um, whoever he's talking over there. and uh, <laughs> who, who he talks to? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Congress or National Assembly, I don't know. And he was talking about the 
Izquierda Covarga, I think he called them, like oh, yeah. the cowardly left. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he made very strong allusions to basically. I think he's what mentioned Boric by name saying in, that in, before. In that speech? I don't know if it was in uh, that yeah. speech, but I believe, or he said like Chile or yeah. something. I mean, in that speech, I think he didn't bring him up, but in a way, I think it, it was just interesting to read because I think like in the early stages, just after Boric got elect, elected, I think he was try to still trying to cozy up to him because he was like, well, he's also from the left. Like, you know, that's we're one big happy family. And then he kind of like we the new out, left. This is the new left. Yeah. And then he kind of found out, OK, hold on. This is not this is not really Mm-mm. the old left. This is a different this is a different animal. And I think now he's trying to like distance. We the millennial left. This is the millennial <laughs> left. This guy's 36. His birthday was like two weeks ago. Yeah. This is the millennial left. It's Yo, different. Boom. Boom. Shakalaka. Anyway, so. So that was uh, just a little sidebar. Now coming back to Russia and Ukraine. Um, in terms of economic uh, consequences, if you got a car, get a bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, we, you should just do that anyway. Yeah, we, you should just do this city, anyway. If Absolutely. you live in Santiago yeah, and you're not like working, like if you're not living in like, I don't know, uh, Puente Alto and working in Las Condes. Yeah. Get a bike. Yeah, absolutely. Or if, if you can't ride like a bike if, like me, take the metro, take a bus. Right. And also, like, bike infrastructure is getting better by the Dude, week. Dude, right? so many bike yeah. paths. If you're coming so to visit here, the last there's so incredible. many bike paths now. And limes and stuff. Yeah, they call them... Yeah, the, limes. The they have them in the U.S. They yeah, have the limes know, but in like the U.S. I've seen a lot fewer around the last years. No, during the pandemic, they had, but before the pandemic, they had like six different yeah. types, oh, and then Lord. I think the pandemic took them away because they were like touch points, and then the lime chef. was like, now we have a monopoly on all, yeah, <laughs> all the scooters. So yeah, as for modes of transportation, right now we will likely see a further increase in oil and gas prices, since Russia is actually the world's biggest exporter of natural gas and the world's second biggest second Sexist? biggest Sexist. yeah second biggest crude oil exporter i didn't know that either um now crude. with the upcoming sanctions against russia this will decrease the available supply and therefore th- therefore drive up the market price this is hold what's up, to be expected. hold on to your butts yeah now and since and why did i mention this whole thing about boric on top because since boric already took a stance on the issue it is rather, in my opinion, rather unlikely that Chile will not participate in the round of sanctions that the world community will levy on Russia. So probably Chile is also Chile is also going to be like, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to, we're probably not going to buy from Russia anymore. Like they're not going to buy from Russia anyway. But it's not like yeah, we don't buy from Russia. We buy yeah. from China, and China's even sort of taken like been like, dude, Russia, what the fuck. Yeah. Like. Uh, no, no. Actually, they were kind of. Uh, but they, they, they released some. Yes, but not the way that the international community thought they were going to, because they're not supporting Russia. They're just like, we're staying out of this. We don't think that this invasion's good, but we're just going to stay the fuck out. Yeah, I think I think they did say. I that thought I saw the I saw there was, was a tweet today. Okay, I might be wrong. Getting off. Topic I, again. I might be totally wrong. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but, Eat those yeah. words. Exactly. Now, but so the Boris is going to work with China. That's what I'm trying to say. He's not, not going to stop working with China. Now, the, this 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 expected increase in fossil fuels right now is actually happening during a time in which uh, fossil fuel prices are already rising steadily, due to several reasons, which is like the bounce back effect in 2021 when sure. you know people came back to work and everything. There was a summer with little wind for eolic energy production, for example. The summer of love. I mean, the uh, summer of wind. True. The summer of no wind and uh, <laughs> increased demand from Asia. Breaking all of us. And there's just Sorry. a bunch of there's just a, a bunch of reasons that while fossil uh, fossil fuel prices are high now, so basically that just like piles on top of that. 
Now, also depending on how this conflict develops right now, in about six months time, we uh, six months from now, we might see an increase in the price of flour. Flour as in flour. Yeah, as in arena, not flour as in pretty little flowers, because Russia, Russia is also the world's largest and Ukraine the world's fifth largest grain exporter. Interesting. Now, currently, I will say that Chile does produce a lot of its own flour. It does, but only fifty percent. For local well, we should be good. buying more of that anyway. Yeah, no. Now, here's the thing. Now, currently, the silos are filled for dom- from domestic production, which, as I just said, it covers about 50% of domestic, dem- domestic demand. But in a few months, Chile will have to start importing grain from abroad, something that they do anyway. Okay, an interesting question that Pinguino just brought up off air was, okay, how much... How much grain do we export as a country right now? No, I do not have the answer for that and right now. And knowing Chilean history, knowing yeah. the way that Chile works, we produce and export way more than we keep. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if we, as a country, might have a lot. I mean, we have a lot of flower brands. Yeah. Like, might we're be, weird about worth, grains here. Yeah, I think the number of brands is not really indicative, but might be no, worth looking No, 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 worth I'm just saying, like, there's a lot. I don't, like, when you go to the grocery store, and specifically flour, I would be surprised if... I think the only like the Lider brand and the Jumbo brand are the ones that are not from Chile. Yeah, I probably probably they just mix it up at the, at some point. Now the thing is like Chile does not buy neither from Ukraine nor from Russia. They actually get their grain that they import mostly from US, from the US, from Canada, and from Argentina and parts. But of course, it will impact the overall market price. So it doesn't really matter if they buy from Russia from Ukraine as soon as they start importing. Sure. And then basically, Russia is the biggest and Ukraine is the fifth biggest exporter are not available right. anymore. So this is going to really hike up the prices. The same goes actually for corn. That's also something that Chile I mean, exports. corn already costs a billion dollars in this country yeah. anyway. Yeah, and that's just just, it's going to be the same effect right there. Uh, look, secondary effect of the, the price hikes, especially when when it comes to the fossil fuels right now, is that it will keep up the inflationary pressure on Chile's economy. Now, let me allow me to do a little mansplaining here, a little podcast planning, just a great reminder that like inflation is calcu- calculated basically by taking the average of a curated theoretical basket of goods, of which fuel, of course, is a big part. And if fuel goes up, so does the average, hence inflation goes up. And also since virtually Every good in this economy is part of a supply chain that hauls parts from components from point A to point B in trucks. Like it also has an indirect effect on the price of other goods in the basket. So basically, this is going to contribute to the inflation going up again. Unless we and get a train. Just saying. Uh, yeah, but no, then I'm, you also I was have like you know, a joke. Okay, I was fine. A joke. Okay. Yeah, but you know that probably have an impact. Now, as no. a consequence, we can actually expect another interest rate hike from the central bank within the next couple of months, which is great if you're a saver, which is which is bad if you need to invest or need to take oh. out a loan or whatever, you know. And tell me about it. I'm importing stuff, so <laughs> that's not gonna be yeah. Fun. And also talking about importing stuff, we can also expect a strong appreciation of the dollar towards the peso. Because it's rather typical that whenever there's conflict somewhere, like... Oh, the uh, dollar is range. shit right yeah, now. Yeah, right now it's shit. Actually, I looked it up. But anyway, so basically the thing is like, it's usually what happens if somewhere war breaks out and there's uncertainty oh, sure. rains. Like, but it's investors shit just rush year. to they, they go to the dollar, they put their money into a secure currencies like the US dollar. And um, which is also, is by the way, will make the fuel even more expensive. Not only because the Put fuel by itself is going to be more expensive, but because also because we import fuel, we buy for that, we pay for the fuel in U.S. dollar, and since this is pro- it is expected to go up, it's going to be more expensive. Now, I think it's important to talk about 
an appreciation of the dollar and not a depreciation of the peso in this case because I mean it's technically the same. No, it's not. Oh, I will f I will die no, no, on this no, hill. That's no, no, not no, technically yeah, no, no, the same. No, no, but I'm getting okay, there. No, no, but it, it is. Okay. I mean, look, like if you. Look, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, right. It's. I mean, no. Okay. Technically, it's the same. Semantically, not so much. I don't know if I use this word correctly, but it has to be. Like I gotta point out that it has nothing to do with Chile right now. This, exactly, which is, that's what I'm trying to say. The, it's not the about the politics. You, it's not exactly. about the economy, I but it has to do with the global to, situation exactly. as a whole. I think that it's important for people who, for the normal, the normal people, the vast majority of people who don't know a lot about like basing uh, things on the dollar, because maybe if you live in the U.S., you don't know how the international community bases things on the dollar. Uh, especially Chileans who are like, oh my God, our peso because of the dollar. And it's like, look, this has Come nothing to do. Right. This has nothing to do with Chile, everything to do with what's happening internationally. And I think that is super important to point out. Yeah. I wonder and I will the, die on the hill. I wonder if, like, Axel Kaiser has already ate his humble pie when he was like this this right wing economist. He was like, oh yeah, like in the, I think it was like before Boris election, it was like the peso is going to go up to a thousand. Oh my gosh. And everybody was like, right wing assholes never have humble pie i don't even know if they like they're i don't i don't no there's recipe. i've never ever seen one of them be like you know what i was wrong no. oh now yeah, yeah keep going yeah. No. no as you already pointed out like i also just checked the 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 peso and the dollar today and it was actually the opposite effect like because on thursday morning when basically news of the invasion of ukraine became public uh the dollar fell against the peso for some reason and like like when on, th on thursday one dollar got you about 820 pesos now it's around at around 800 so that was kind of like okay that was it's not still the, really bad yeah but it dropped that's what i'm saying like yeah. you would actually you would actually expect, uh, expect to... the dollar to appreciate it didn't now however the euro did for some reason like the euro well, jumped I mean, from 884 everybody... pesos on thursday morning to about 920 by thursday afternoon and has dropped to like 900 around. i think everybody expected the u.s to invade or to like go into the ukraine and i think that scared a lot of like investors because i think so many people are like is the u.s gonna is he, what is, yeah, is, I, don't, is, I don't think there's anything to do with that like because you had also got to oh, consider well, then no 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 but no, no no but what i'm saying is just like i i think at this point and look if, if you listen investing to this, you're is just an, if, magical unicorns if, okay exactly if you're an economist if you listen to this and if you want to like tell me that oh, i'm wrong please feel free please educate us please feel free but what i'm saying is like Big pun, big pun, big punch, big, <laughs> big puns. Here we go. The, big puns. Yeah, I'm good at that. A big part of the dollar reserves are not even held by the U.S. anymore. It's just all over the world. No, but China, what I'm whatever. trying to say what, is no, no. But where I'm going is like it. I think U.S. politics right now has a marginal impact on the interest rate of the dollar. Like it's still perceived as a secure currency, and it doesn't really matter who's at the helm right now in the states. I mean, not not saying that it doesn't matter at all. I'm not saying who's at the helm. I'm saying that investments are literally just like people th saying what's going to happen. And everybody was scared for the past couple of days that Biden was going to. I mean, because he had been saying for the past couple of weeks, like, we're going to have a strong and swift response. to And so I think that that makes sense that people would be if they want more secure money, that they might even be taking their money out of U.S. currency and putting it into European currency. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, no, that it kind of makes sense in that way, but I still don't think that this because would be... what what are like average people who like don't know a lot about like the the average war. people who don't know about shit they don't do these kind of transactions anyway. <laughs> I mean, I don't know because average people who know a lot about stocks don't necessarily know a lot about war. 
And like, especially the way that Russia is kind of like uniquely positioned in a way of like, of a war that we really haven't had in this lifetime. It's very different, right? It's not the war in Afghanistan. It's not the war in Iraq. Yeah, it's the war with, it's a war with Russia. It's a, war of it's, a yeah. it's a, it's a, it's, it's a big deal. Hmm. So it makes total sense to me that people would be like, the, I'm, I'm scared. You could Where also, are my stocks going you could also go? say, he's like, I'm not going to put my money in the, in, in, in the euro because man, this is right next door, you know? So, I would just say, I think either people are, Putting their money in something more secure and what they think it is, but like not like se- also selling or not investing. Buy Chilean pesos. We're far away. Buy Chilean pesos. We're. I am. have ma- never ma- been. Ma- make the dollar I am cheaper so for me. I'm so happy <laughs> that we have a giant mountain range all around us, guys. We we safe. You want to come? Hey. Hey. hey y- you know hey, what? Join us at the five dollar the Patreon level. We'll give you tips on how to exactly. immigrate. Okay. Hey, do give us five dollar on the Patreon. We may even talk to you. I will talk to you either way. I like you. You either listening? Well, you're my I'm, I'm tier two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so much about like the consequences that this war will bring to Chile. So be ready to pay f- more for fuel, for gas. Be ready for more inflation. I have, uh, I have more to rates. add to that though. My news. Bah, please go ahead. Okay, so oh here's God. the thing. I have more things to like talk about how Chile might actually be more suited internationally, like of all the countries in the world, actually is benefiting. A lot right now from Chile's economy. Cadelco has a huge uh, surge in profits right now. And so, and Codelco, if you don't know, is the largest copper producer in the world. And it is actually a nationalized copper producer. And um, it is being boosted by the fact that copper prices are really high right now. And in the last year, the, the prices have completely jumped. So it went from 2.1 billion, for example, to 7.4 billion in just a year, the price of copper. Coming in? So, uh, from two point? It went from like 2.1 billion to 7.4 billion. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot. It, uh, yeah. And so. Um, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, that's yeah, a lot. That's, that's, the numbers got bigger. So that's a lot. <laughs> um, and Cadelco is also <laughs> starting to math today. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Math Today podcast. I would never be on that podcast. Only if they were like, see, this is a good study on how someone who wasn't well-educated in math lives their lives. How do you do this, Bethany? How do you get by every day? <laughs> well, not well, sir. <laughs> well, you know, I just know that 2 plus 2 equals 5 and, um, you know, just do my thing. All right. Codelco also, I read in a news today, is also starting to invest in lithium, which is also a really great thing, which Chile has, I think, the second largest reserve in the world of lithium. Was it after Bolivia or? No, definitely no? not Bolivia. No? I don't no, know. I thought Bolivia had a bunch of. I'm not quite no? sure. Um, so, uh, blah, 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 what am I doing? So, um, in, okay, so in 2021, the Codelco produced one point. 618 million tons of copper and in t- and we're already um having production estimates to do only to do 1.728 million tons of copper so that's pretty good so copper uh co- the cost has increased 2.6 percent to 1.0 to like a 1.372 per pound of metal. I don't know Numbers. exactly. Numbers. Okay. It's predicted to continue to rise. And it is thought that the effects of the the fallout from the Russian invasion of Ukraine is not going to have a large impact on this industry. They said unless there's something completely unforeseeable that happens. Which, you know, 
that <laughs> you is, know Putin. It's it it could happen, right? It could happen. But that's again one you know one other. So you just were very pessimistic in what you were talking about flower flowers, but flower um, power. we still have this nationalized entity that is growing and continuing to grow and adding more resources to it. Lithium, I think they have like didn't we talk about hydrogen also? Lots of stuff going on. Like last 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 yeah, week? Yeah, there was something about hydrogen, but I think Kuriko wasn't really part of that, was it? Yeah, I think was so. Yeah. I think okay, so. I, I, okay, mom's Hey, you know I'm, what? I could be wrong. Head. I'm I don't know if you this is the first time you're listening to us. We're not professionals. We just like this country and like talking to each other. Talk, talk smack about this country. I mean, talk I mean, we love it, but we also can, uh, you know, do a little good old, good old roast, roast of the country yeah. too. Mm, roast. Oh my God! Don't even get, again missing Arkansas so bad right now. Ah. Okay, what do you got? Well, I got I got a little little bitty something. Uh, so I, I was um, going through the news last week, and actually the conventional constitution popped up a lot lately because mm-hmm. they're getting close to the deadline. The constitutional convention. And the thing convention. is, like, right now, I, I got the feeling, and I'm, I'm not talking about one specific thing here, but um, what did I say? I don't know what. Convention constitutional or something. Oh, I did? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I got to check my brain, man. So. Uh, oh, it's been bad lately. Yeah. So they've been kind of under fire lately because, um, and more so than usual, because they've been under fire from day one, you know, but a little bit more so than usual, I think, because for one, it has been criticized for kind of slacking, since they will have to hand in the first draft in a bit more than a month or four months if you add the three months of extra time that they can apply for, which they most certainly will. There's really yeah. no way they're not going to do that, right? And also, they've been kind of uh, what came to the forefront is. Why is anybody surprised? This is Chile. We're always late with things. <laughs> Well, I can't really, because I'm always the last one to show up to these recording sessions, and you know. That's true. So anyway, so also like its recent proposals to abolish the Senate and the changing of its political system from a bicameral to a unicameral system has really raised some eyebrows. And I think in the wake of this, there was this movement, Amarillos por Chile, mm. a figure headed by journalist and university professor Christian Barkin has emerged. And you got to know that Christian Barkin, he's he's not a right-wing guy. Like, mm. I don't know. I mean, he's been... He's a grumpy guy. He's a grumpy guy, but you might be critical of him because he was critical about Boric. He was critical about the Constitutional Convention, but he is... He's not a right-wing guy. Like, he's he, not he's Udi. He's not, no. he's not Udi. He's definitely mo- right of moderate, I would say. I, I don't think so. I don't know. No, I really don't think he's so. He's just being a dick. Well, you know, he, he's in his right to criticize things. I mean, now, anybody has the right to criticize. It doesn't mean they're not a dick. <laughs> yeah. So his movement, this movement mainly criticizes the, the convention's tendency towards what they call like a maximalist ideology. So what they mean that instead of constructively focusing on improving the existing institution, their focus is on demolishing those institutions and replacing them with something new, like come hell on high water. Like really, like we got to do something new. doesn't really matter if it's better or not. So that's kind of like I'm That's being, what he's saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm a little bit like, you know, right. I'm exaggerating here a little bit, but that's kind of like the, the skinny well, of When it. all your institutions were like, put there by a dictatorship it makes sense that you want to replace them uh, yeah well okay this could be argued about like honestly personally i'm i'm not 
versed enough in the subject matter to really have like a qualified opinion the right wing is just butthurt that but they're not getting any of their things passed because what's happening is the right wing's putting things forward and they're not even getting to the voting no, block but for is, he, he's, he's not about that either you know like no, I, I really don't he, think he's, that he in particular is not about that but like so many right wing people are like they won't even vote on our stuff it's like because you have to have a certain amount of votes yeah. within the convention to even get it to an actual like real vote to see if it's going yeah. to be part of the end product and they're like this is not fair I'm like it is fair bitches it's called democracy Democracy. Yeah. So calm the fuck down. If you don't get your shit voted on, shut up. <laughs> like that's right. we had this entire vote. We went through this estallido to get here. If you don't like it, yeah. Well, there's something. I'm sorry. To, there's something to be said about communication to the public. Actually, I'm going to get to that now. There was actually one thing that happened last week that really caught my attention because uh, the Human Rights Watch director of the Americas, called Tamara Tarachuk, I think it's pronounced. She asked the the Constitutional Convention to reject the, an article that is currently being discussed that would criminalize denying human rights violation. And the argument for her plea is that the language in the article is vague, ambiguous, and does not respect the international standards of freedom of expression. Now that's a big one, I think. You know, and that's because sure. because one of the foundations. But it hasn't been voted on yet. No, it hasn't been voted on yet, but. I think the fact that it is, I think it has been pre-voted on or something like that. It's out, yeah, out there. It's in, yeah, they have those. In circulation. And because, remember, and I think, I don't know if we talked about it, if it was really, because we talked about this last time we got together. I don't know if it was in the last episode or in this one, because one of the foundations of the Constitutional Convention's legitimacy is that it's bound to adhere to international treaties, you know? And they have to be very careful well, here. So, if it's bound to to yes cooperate with international treaties then it wouldn't even matter with the vote or not because it has to be rewritten also there are so many different vetting processes that these even these things that are voted on have to go through yeah and now here's the thing and that's actually what i'm getting at with this whole thing i think there's something to be said a little bit about the communication to the public because i do agree in a way with a criticism of like another member of the amarillos portile movement who's called uh Jose de Gregorio, he used to be the, the head of the central bank back in the days. He said, and I'm loosely translating here, uh, if there's something failing in the convention, it's their connection with the citizenry, showing us Whatever. what it is they are working on, pointing out and debunking fake news uh, that make the rounds. There is no clear communication so that when someone goes to the website, they would find a page that tells them what it is that they're working on on the one side and on the other side, the details of the subject matter. There needs matter. to be somebody who's assigned yes. to doing that. And I think I, I absolutely agree with him because so far, and I, I think you might agree here too, I think the Constitutional Convention has not done a very good job communicating the work to the public, but instead has left a rather chaotic impression. I think they need to change that, maybe hire a PR manager or something I, like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure if they're... Al my only thing about the way that Chile functions as far as like governmental entities and judicial entities and things like that is that they're only allowed mm. to hire a certain amount of people and have a very like for example um the the judicial power in chile is not allowed to hire more than x number of people it doesn't matter if their workload is so much that every single person is losing sleep forever and never never if the judicial power is voted on by whichever president to only have 10 people they can only have 10 people so if we're talking about the Constitutional Convention, which I don't know if they have the same types of rules, like it would be great. But whose job is that to do? Whose job is it to? Because that's a huge response. That's a that's a that's a full time job, right? But we also have to remember that this Constitutional Convention is working very much an uphill battle with the current administration. And like, remember when like they got like, their first like day, they didn't even have computers. They yeah, didn't even have yeah. updated data. So all, all I can imagine is I a hundred percent agree. There needs to be yeah. more 
anytime there is clarity to the public about what is going on, there is no faults there. Mm. I'm just saying I think that there might be some things outside of their control in this moment. I I can't imagine being in their shoes right now. Like, just, like, and being in their shoes and then also somebody being like, can one of you guys, like, be in charge of communicating every single thing to the public? No, and I'm also absolutely willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because, as you just said, I I don't think there's so much in, like, in a clinch with the current administration because, as you said, like, the current administration is kind of, like, lame duck. They don't give a fuck anymore. I mean, now. Now, right. But in the beginning, you're absolutely right. There was, like, the the infrastructure wasn't set up, nothing, you know. And also, you got to consider this is, like, the first time this ever happened. So, like, there's um, this the first time this ever happened. And... um, you got to give them a little bit the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, they got to fix this problem because right now, if you are looking for news on what is going on in the Constitutional Convention, it's either not clear at all. There are conflicting accounts. There are fake news. You like, honestly have to it, follow. And it's just like chaos. chaos you get more criticisms than right. actually uh, opinions in favor of what is going on. You need on. to honestly, like the best person to follow for this news is Bodich on Twitter. He almost daily yeah. gets, gives updates about like what's happening or whatever and talks about things. And the uh, people of his his um his upcoming administration are, are like trying to communicate but again that's not their jobs that they're trying to do this and communicate but there's got to be somebody yeah, and be somebody. none none of this surprises me because we are in chile yeah they're the oh uh, a set infrastructure that's organized and gonna get everything ready to where it needs to be and easily mm-hmm. communicated and like like functioning yeah. like Greece? Absolutely fucking not. Okay, so Chile plans to create a 900-ton fish farm for kingfish. So um, Chile's real big on fish farms, and it's not always a good thing, but another one's coming for kingfish. So it's a $25 million project that will be provided by Aqua Mouth, which is, it's like Mao, like Mao Zedong. Anyway. Just FYI. <laughs> I was like, is this a Chinese play? Anyway, the farm will be located in Tongoy. But it wouldn't be kingfish. It would be like worker fish or something. Okay. Uh, so it plans to produce 900 tons of fish per year in the first phase. Um, and, but it's it's predicted to double after its first phase, which I'm not quite sure how, like, how long the first phase is. It doesn't specify here. Kingfish is known in the Japanese market as iramasa. And it is used for sashimi and likely valued in markets in the U.S. and also in Brazil. So um, Roberto Tischler says, We are honored to have signed the contract with AYT and grateful for the efforts of our local partners in InnoC to make it happen. And he's the sales director of Aquamouth. And he said that in a press release. He also said this project is strategically important for Aquamouth in Chile. We look forward to working with AYT to supply the most upscale markets with high-quality yellowtail kingfish. We consider this to be the next bluefin tuna grown in a healthy and controlled environment without the use of antibiotics or chemicals. They're sold as a healthy, nutritious, and fresh source of seafood produced in a sustainable way while safeguarding fish welfare through their life cycle and optimizing the human resources required to be involved in the process. So says he. That's just like something that only like a fish farmer would say. I was like, oh yeah, kingfish is the next bluefin tuna. Like, right? It's a new black. I was like, I don't know what that means, <laughs> yeah, but, but okay. it sounds very convincing. It sounds nice. And he's saying all these nice things, but I'm just like, fish farming is not something that's super great. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not a fish. Are you a fish farmer? Message us on Instagram at Chili Today Podcast. <laughs> Or email us, chilitodaypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. What do you think of Kingfish, Yellowtail? Can you say the company name again? 
what is it? Uh, it Aquamouth. Oh, you know, you put such a nice stress on the F. Aquamouth. Yeah, because it's not Aquamouth, <laughs> which would be even more hilarious. It's Aquamouth. Right. Like I when just... somebody punches you in the mouth and you try to say mouth, do you say mouth? No? Okay. Yeah, no, Keep... I got it. But it's funny, since we talked about the MCU universe before we hit record, like now that I hear Kingfish, I just imagine. Kingpin? Yes, I just imagine fish in a white suit and like a cane <laughs> no! or something like that, like a big old Kingpin. fish. Oh, like man. beating the shit out of somebody, I don't know. Well, this guy says, respect for the environment and the development of sustainable fish farming facilities are key values for AYT. And uh, that was Jorge Urrutia, who is the general manager of AYT. He says, this is the first facility for the cultivation of yellowtail kingfish in a major part of the, and it is a major part of the company's vision to establish a sustainable commercial production of the highest quality yellowtail kingfish. We strongly believe in and trust the Aquamouth RAS technology, which is integrated and operational facility facilities around the world. In addition to deploying the latest recirculation technology and processes, the Atacama Yellowfish Project will create approximately 50 new jobs, which is not that much to be honest, no, no, at no. all. <laughs> Enabling the communities of Tongoy and Puerto Aldea to train and develop economic activities different from those traditionally available to them. So, um, we there's going to be more fish in Chile, but probably not for Chileans, knowing how Chile works with fish. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, going to export this to We Japan. have the biggest coastline in the world, and our fish is so effing expensive because we export all the fish. Like, we eat the frozen fish in, like, Chile. Fish sticks. Fish sticks. And it's like, oh, everybody wants to come to Chile for fresh seafood. Unless you want mariscos, like shellfish. I mean, if you go to Valparaiso, you get fish, fresh fish usually. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, they make you think it's fresh. Not all the time it is. Most of the time it's not, really. Tricky. Unless you're buying it from a fish market, it's probably yeah. not. Tricky, tricky. Tricky, tracky. But the, the mariscos, the shellfish you're going to get, it'll be fresh. But yeah. fish, no. Fresh shellfish. <laughs> fresh shellfish. <laughs> Sally sailed seashells by the, the seashore. seashore. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> you have something else. Well, trying to keep with a little newly established tradition to end our news segment on a light, lighter note. So there was a news article that I found this week that um, the Twitter user, Chilean Twitter user at Seba20XX has casually discovered that the new HBO hit series Peacemaker with John Cena has been illegally downloaded to a computer with an IP that belongs to the Ministry of Finance. The current <laughs> Ministry of Finance? Yes. <laughs> I mean, not the minister, but it was but in the like, ministry. Who, who in Chile doesn't download movies? Yeah, okay, but it, it is like a rite of passage. You come to Chile, you get on Pirate Bay, and I you download it. I can't do it on your own time, man. I mean, look. Oh, okay. but like, how do you know it wasn't on his own time? You don't know when he clocks out. Yeah, but on, on your own computer at least like yeah. that. everybody no, watches no. porn on their computers at yeah. work everybody okay. knows i'm Look, just kidding i'm just kidding don't do that don't do that <laughs> so what he said like he randomly picked an ip address that belonged to the ministry of finance i don't know how he got that hunch but okay fine i'm just gonna let this slip this is public information by the way there's actually a wikipedia page where you can look up wikipedia the well wikipedia wikipedia whatever tomato tomato tomatopedia it's wikipedia wikipedia Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> it's Wikipedia. If you, it's you might have, you, you might have heard of it. It's on the internet. <laughs> so yeah, it's public information. You can find out 
which IP addresses belong to public institutions here. I didn't know that, and I wouldn't really know why I would want to know that, but now I do know it. Now I need to know everything. Now I need to know what everything. What is Boric doing yeah. on his... I just want to know what is he looking... Not like, I don't care about like the actual political things. Well, I just you, mean, like, you actually how can. How can I gain information to get in his good grade? He needs an English teacher. I'm here to well, help. Well, you can find out I want to be your best friend and maybe your lover. You can, what? You, Okay. I just want you power. <laughs> I'm, I'm like half Slytherin. Okay, I'm just gonna, I digress. I'm just going to let this slide. It's fine. So what you can actually find out what he downloaded because you can find out his... I don't know if they have the president's IP address per se public there, but it's okay. public information for like computers that are in public institutions and there's the search engine it's called i i know what you download i think it's altogether.com oh my god and according to and you can actually put your ip in there and <gasps> see what you've done what i've I, downloaded dude, i did this with mine and i was like i didn't download that it's like what the f holy really it's I mean, just like a virus or something downloaded I don't know, man. for I mean, you. I, <coughs> okay, look. Um, what is your wife doing? I'm, I may or may have not downloaded things illegally in the past. The verdict is out on that one. We're in Chile. But, it's fine. But these things like that I've seen there is like, I don't know, what was it? Euphoria and something you else? You definitely watch Euphoria. I, don't I know. know what that is. I'm sure you're, I mean, honestly, it's I bet it's series, Carolina. Right? It's a really, really, really popular series yeah, on no, HBO. But, 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 but like, I mean, could, could be, yeah, but it was also like a, I could ask, but but like it's my Carolina computer definitely but, but downloaded my, that. What about my computer got its own IP? That's the thing. She got her IP anyway. She did I, it on your computer. No, she did. No, I, we did. gotta have, we gotta have words then. Anyway, so I digress. So, but basically, what he did that he put he went on the website. He put in the IP address that he just like casually selected, and he was like, "Oh, look at that!" He downloaded Peacemaker, and he downloaded all, also the Eternals. And motherfucker. Yep. Now. Of course, this is problematic. Buy Disney Plus like all the rest of us. This is, of course, problematic on a couple of levels because first, pirating copyrighted content is, of course, illegal and doing so from a government machine is kind of spicy. I mean, come on. like It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, now, I really don't thing, care, but honestly. But the second thing is a little bit more, it's a bit more serious because it's really easy to get infected with malware when you do illegal downloads. Now, uh, this is annoying for private users, but having a Going computer China, in the malware. government intranet that possibly like and having that infected with a virus that contains sensitive information. Yes, yeah, I'm no. banging the table because I'm making points. So yeah, making this moves. this this could be actually very catastrophic. No, this no, no. It's it's completely honestly. It's probably some like boomer motherfucker who didn't know what he's who's who's like grandchild taught them how to download things and they're like this is cool i'm gonna watch the internals with my grandson right. this weekend so yeah that's that. so but actually it's a funny statement by the guy who they, actually they tweeted these things he was just like well i can blame him it's a it's a great series <laughs> yeah. So, yeah that was that so that's that's all i have for news that's fun i mean that's that's really great lenny that is great isn't it it is so great yeah it's so great good night so john what are the other ones? Good night, Mary. I oh, should know I this know. because yeah, I'm from Arkansas. I've never actually seen it. No, no, no. I think they're in like Can Texas or Kansas yeah, or some shit. South. It's not Arkansas. Um, but yeah, that was good. So um, we're going to start after this. The Waltons. Wait, the Waltons. Was it the Waltons? No, the Waltons are from Arkansas. No, no, no. I mean, but are they series? called the Waltons? Too? Dude, I don't fucking know. It's been a long time. That, See, I need to go back and visit. That series called what? What? The Waltons are from Arkansas, but like the Walmart Waltons. Okay, we're getting way off. Okay, so we'll we'll uh, so we're gonna start on our main topic today. Okay, bye. Yeah, goodbye. All right, guys, we're back for part two of our discussion and our well 
thesis why Chile is not going to turn into Venezuela anytime soon. <laughs> Way easier soon. than my master's thesis, though. <laughs> yeah, that Way thesis. more interesting. I don't know if it's more interesting. Okay, getting distracted. Getting off topic already right off the bat. Already, <laughs> already Already getting off topic. So, last time you tuned in, we were talking about the whole constitution drafting process and how this is different in Chile than it was in Venezuela. We weren't quite done yet. <laughs> Penguin kicked us out, so we're gonna t we're gonna basically pick it up right where we left it off. So, what I was saying at the end of episode part one is that the plebiscite for the redrafting of the Chilean constitution had a turnout of almost fifty one percent, which was way more than the thirty seven point eight percent of the referendum for the redrafting of the Venezuelan constitution. But it was also the highest turnout in any popular vote in Chile since they did away with the mandatory voting. Except you know? for the election of Boric. Which came after. Which came after. Which You're came right. after, until then, right? So, also, the redrafting of the Constitution was eventually approved by 78% here in Chile, which, again, compared this to the 92.5, respectively, 86.5% in Venezuela, which also, it seems to me, a bit more credible or less on the extremes when it comes to turnout and approval you know what i'm saying i don't know if the saying? un was observing those elections that's, that's yeah i don't, I don't that, know that either but that's something that i i would like to know right. like, that's what i'm saying this is my personal take right now right here, so. right because again there are certain from my perspective there are certain elections that internationally like some people are like oh no they were <laughs> oh, not democratic no. and then the un was like we were there it was fine just because no, what, not what? necessarily. I'm just saying in general. Okay, gotcha. That if the UN's there to observe the elections yeah. and they're like, yeah, no, it was fine. Okay. And then the, they're like, but someone I didn't like won. It's like, okay, <laughs> then the tough shit. They didn't, they want, like, uh, like the US, right? Like people being like, Biden didn't yeah. win, Trump won. It's like, no, like it was observed internationally. Like, it, they, he won. Calm the fuck down and shut up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, they're Illuminati and whatever, you know. Mm. So, yeah. So. <laughs> the red planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Martians, the, the big Martians, Martians from on the, the street. The communist Martians from the red planet. So in May 21, the Constitutional Convention was elected and consists of 12 political groups. Now, like proposals need a two-third majority. You know, and why, while one could say that the convention consists of mostly left-wing blocks, which is fair... It's by no means a united left wing. No, block. No, not no, at no, all. No. Well, so therefore, radical United changes. left wing. What the fuck is that? Yeah, what even? is that? What, like that never. That existed. doesn't exist. Yeah, well, not since the collapse of the United uh, the United States. Which is about the same thing. The United States. Soviet, Soviet Union. <laughs> anyway. So, like, you you can assume that there is not going to be radical changes. Actually, today I was reading in the news about the popular initiatives for the constitutional conventions, and there were a few very outlandish things in there. You know. And there was one that was actually accepted about uh, the abortion, the pro-abortion, which is probably going to make its way into the new constitution. Of course. And that was, you know, as everybody expected, expected uh, right. approved by most of the left-wing parties, but not by, by all blocks. Like some of the indigenous, uh, uh, how do you say, native, no, what is it called? The indigenous communities. Yeah, indigenous communities rejected that for whatever reason. I don't know, but they are usually counted to be among the left-wing. Left left right. So there again, you don't have a united block there, right? So I think the biggest point of how the Chilean constitutional drafting process is different from the Venezuelan ones is that the Chilean constitutional convention has a lot more shackles than the Venezuelan constitution. Shackles sounds assembly. bad, but I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, well, limitations, let's there say. You go. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, tomato tomato. Anyway, so let me get a, let me start here. The constitutional convention tomato has tomato. to respect tomatoes are red. Just saying. 
What? The con- have you never had fried green tomatoes? No, that's true. I have had. So the Constitutional Convention has to respect basic democratic order of the Chilean state and cannot impose itself upon other existing institutions, such as the Congress, unlike it was the case in Venezuela, for, for example. However, it is also not beholden to neither the legislative or the executive. And it's its own independent entity, yeah, basically. Yeah, and it, it, can conceivably be, it can, can conceivably change the form of government and turning it from, I'm just, that's just theory, but it could conceivably turn it from a presidential republic into a parliamentary one and thereby effectively curtailing the president's power. So sure. it could go either way. It's an, as you just said, it's an independent, independent thing. It's not beholden to anybody, but they can also, they cannot do whatever they, the fuck they want. So it's, it's really, a, it's very, it's mm-hmm. very, you know, uh, might I say revolutionary way to have a a, um, a constitutional convention? I mean, if you look at the way that constitutional conventions have been, even in the U.S., the, the first constitutional convention. To this what we're doing in Chile is way more democratic than that ever would have been. Yeah. And even to this day, the constitution, the the if you study constitutional law, you go to the U.S. to study constitutional law. They are the beacon of what constitutional law indicates. And mm. so this is even more revolutionary and even more democratic than that ever will yeah. be. And so, and again, has been applauded internationally, the way that this constitutional convention is working, the way that it is split between yeah. genders, yeah. the way that it is split between indigenous people and non-indigenous people. It is it is considered like a beacon of what constitutional conventions should yeah. be. Modern. It, yeah, modern. It, it's, it again, revolutionary, yeah. one could even say. Exactly. Another thing is that the the Constitutional Convention, it cannot change unilaterally the quorums that they needed to accept proposals, which means that the political powers with the majority in the Constitutional Convention cannot consolidate the power in this way, which is also a big point because people were very afraid when the Constitutional Convention was elected. That was like, oh my God, the left wing is going to take all the power. You know, it's just like, no, chill out. <laughs> First, as we down. just, every just mentioned, it's theme. not Everybody one united front there. And also, calm you still down. have a two thirds majority and you cannot neither up it nor or lower it. Like, y- they just can't do it. And also, and I think this might even be the biggest point because this is such a misunderstanding because they always talk about Oja en Blanco, you know, like rewriting of the constitution from an empty piece mm. of paper. We're just starting from zero, everybody says. Which they get really scared of that. Which is absolutely not the case. They no, will not, not start all. from scratch because they must, and because that was laid out in the, just a little bit of background information, after the Estallido Social, the social outbreak, the involved interest groups, let's say, they signed an agreement that they hashed out with the government, which is called the Agreement for Peace, which kind of laid the groundwork for how this is going to work. And in this piece of paper that they signed, it said that they must respect any and all previous court rulings as well as international treaties and agreements, of which there are currently 407 international yeah, treaties, 100%. 27 universal human rights treaties, 29 free trade agreements. So these include the American Declaration of Rights and Duties of Men of 1948, in, which were signed in Bogota, and also the Supreme Court ruling on the rights of private property in 1984, right, which is not a good year. <laughs> but but, but uh, the, the, the point here is, mm-hmm. is even to this day, even right this day, people are talking about how the Constitutional Convention are going to make them lose their property, going to do all of these yeah. things. And I'm like, look, look, that, can't, that physically, legally cannot happen. You you with your five homes are fine. Calm down. Eat a pizza. <laughs> 
So as a, yeah, but as you just basically just reiterated there, it's there are a lot of things that the conventional the constitutional convention cannot overthrow or overrule. You know, it they is so democratic. they can they cannot declare its own sovereignty. They cannot dissolve Congress. They cannot turn Chile into a dictatorship. They cannot abolish private property. They cannot establish a single economic system as the official one. They cannot put itself above the law and abolish things like the freedom of worship. You know, that's another thing. They All these things they cannot do, which means that they're absolutely not starting from scratch. They're not starting, they're not from, starting from scratch from at all. They, now, they, they things might change, you sure. know. No, things things might change, for example, the end change. of privatization of basic commodities. And there's going to be probably a stronger and more expanded role of the state. But there's not going to be a huge overhaul. So all in all, when it's all done, the new constitution will also have to be approved by the electorate via a second referendum. So right. even if there was like a very outlandish revolution, like if, if they come up with a draft like, hey, look at this, you know, everybody's supposed to wear pink pants now. And I don't know, have like a in Italy, pineapple when, pizza for breakfast. What, and what, did you hear the thing in Italy where the like the Italian oh, guard, Italians. Was, the Italian guard were given pink face masks? They were just like, <laughs> yeah. they, they were like the state donated <coughs> face masks to all the police and they were pink and they refused to wear them because they were pink. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Okay, masculinity is super fragile. <laughs> yeah. Wear a pink face oh. mask, people are going to think I'm a woman. Oh, you mean masculinity? Oh! oh that was good, that was good. We gonna, masculinity? We're going to lose <gasps> so many subscribers. Oh, <laughs> no! That is so funny. There's a. I think I'm going to write my next thesis on fragile masculinity. Well, you know, credit me, please. <laughs> <laughs> At the, this is dedicated to Lenny. He said words once. He said words. <laughs> they I'm, might I'm, have been inspired. I'm a words man. I'm a words man. So what I was saying is that even if the Constitutional Convention comes up with an extremely outlandish draft of the Constitution, which makes us wear pink pants to work and have us eat pineapple pizza with crickets on top for breakfast every day, whatever, like this still needs to be approved by the people. Right. So, yeah, you, we have to actually accept the Constitution once it's been written hmm. we we can, we can and we can literally reject it and they could right. go back to the drawing yeah. board yeah no no i don't think okay it's not very i it's not clear if they at that point they can rewrite it or if they because i'm not sure yeah, i would like to know that because that's a i read big it at thing. one point I, there is a actual an actual episode about this that now i have forgotten what i said about it but um <laughs> it was back in season 1 i'm pretty awesome. sure they have like one other chance to rewrite it and then if they can't get uh, an approved vote, something like that, yeah, and then it's done. That'd be great because I was thinking, like, okay, if they come up with a thing where I'm just it's, like, it's similar. Like, yeah, it's but similar I, to the know. way that they do things here, where they like write write a law and then they send it to one chamber, and then that chamber's like, no, rewrite it, and then they send it back, and then they send it. But yeah, if it doesn't get approved I again, wanna be, I wouldn't want to be presented with a choice between like rock and hard place, just like really like this is shitty, but I don't want to go back to the old one. Like so, uh, don't but, we have the choice to just you know? I think it's similar. I think it's similar, and I'm talking about an asshole right now. But I think it's similar no, to my Delano. <laughs> Throwback to the previous episode. Um, that it's similar to the way they do laws here, which is like they move it to one chamber. If that chamber rejects it, then they have a, the ability to rewrite it and then send it back to the chamber. It just can't be rejected twice. Hmm. I think it's similar to that okay. situation. That's kind of a compromise there. Pinguino says he actually doesn't know either from his face. I know how the laws work, but not how the Constitution works. Right. Well, it's... The laws just keep going back and forth. Well, thanks for your contribution. Thank you. That was great. 
No, but like the law goes back and forth with it, forth between Congress and Senate until until everything. Uh, but if it's approved to be rewritten, or if it's approved, right? Because if somebody's like no, and then it goes back, and they're like no, yeah, then it's just fucked. No it gets that. fucked. Yeah, I think Actually, I might out. have to research that. So yeah, that'd be good to know. Fucking politics in this country. I'm telling. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No, you don't know half of it. <laughs> I literally no probably kidding. only know yeah. the half of it. Yeah, not even that. So, let me continue with my with the fourth point that I have highlighted here, that which is that the Chilean political left does not, and in recent history never had Mm-mm. the additional support unconditional support of the armed forces. Oh, that's such a good fucking point. That is one big of. I think that might actually one Who of the most ha- important thing. You know, because yeah. while Chavez himself, a military man, like Chavez was a military man, he was a colonel back then. He Just tried, a cute old chubby military man. He tried to take power by force twice in 1992, failed, you know. In Chile, it was the political right that usurped Allende in 1973. Usurped like, it. Yeah, they took him out, you know. Just don't forget that. With now, the help of the CIA. Let's, let's not forget and that. Personally, and that's a personal opinion, I think. Oh. One sad truth is that the military... Wait, what's a personal opinion? No, that is what I'm about to say now. Oh, not the CIA thing, because that's the fact. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, no. It's <laughs> not my personal opinion that table. what happened in 1973 like, is not, my personal opinion. Have you not read history? <laughs> exactly. About the jump over the table. Yeah, it's my opinion that this happened in 1973. No. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, like, personally, I think it's one sad truth that the military is pretty much always on the side of the political camp that promises them more benefits in a way, sure, that keeps them more cushy. Stuffs. So Maduro right now keeps his senior military officers in important influential positions to keep them in good spirits and on his side, you know. Boric, on the other hand, is fighting an uphill battle right now because he wants to do away with the army's privileges, such as the military pension fund, for example. So this, it would well, be absolutely he, he against their own interest for the Chilean armed forces to support it. To be clear, to be clear he doesn't want to get rid of their pensions, like them not have pensions. He wants to, the, the, because right now, the mil, if you're in the military, you have better pensions than the rest of the population. Yeah. He wants to make it equal okay, to where, yeah, yeah. yeah, to where if you're in the military, it doesn't matter. Better. If you're in the military, that you're, you're going to have the same pensions. You're not going to get a privilege, Right. Right. But he also wants to up the pensions that everybody gets. Right, it's right. not like we're going to decrease your pensions. Fuck you. It's like no. The idea is that everybody's going to benefit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let, Thank, let's thanks, clarify. Yeah. That. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. But he definitely wants to do away with the privilege. Basically, the, he with wants to certain basically, military privileges. Exactly. He wants to equalize. So basically, the military has no no, no reason cor- to no support, support a coup. Him. Right. Like, why would they support a coup? Also, I think that it is also important to to point out uh, for people from the U.S. who are listening, military history in the U.S. is very different than military history in Chile. Yeah, it's not the the Chile hasn't been involved in the same amount of wars that the U.S. has. So, uh, for example, there's a big history. Low bar, low no, bar. No, no, no. I'm just, <laughs> no, where I'm going with this, this is important. So there is a a big problem in the U.S. where the military is very powerful, but the U.S. treats their veterans like shit. They don't have access to a lot of things. They don't have the health that they need and the support that they need once they're not overseas and fighting in the wars to support the the U.S. anymore. And in Chile, people have privileges far greater than the normal Chileans. So they have better access to healthcare. Yeah, they point. have better privileges and are not really not fighting anything the only thing that they're fighting is their own people and so when we say like when we make a statement like they their privileges need to maybe like be curbed a little bit you put it into perspective of the different 
the two different systems, aspects yeah, and yeah. systems and effects here. Like, it's not like we're trying to take healthcare away from traumatized people who don't have good pensions or anything like that. It's like, no, this is a privileged class. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to even that out rather right. than this is a class that has been abused by a government and not supported in the in the way that they need, especially when it comes to health. So yeah. I just wanted to clarify yeah. no, no, that. No, I mean, that's actually... For I our U.S. That. listeners. That was a good for our U.S. listeners. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like he wants to, you know... No, no, no. ...do what away you, with everybody. Right, because like, that would sound devastating, right? Yeah. To, if, you, if you, like I did, I grew up in the U.S., like the idea of like um, people in my family like getting their health or something else or their pensions taken away, like that's all they have and they have, yeah. ba- barely have that. No, it's not at all like this. It's not like that. Yeah. Right. And then I have... Another quick point, because that was actually all I needed to say about that. I think there's not much more to be said about this. Sure. I have another point, which might be a little shaky, but I think it's worth mentioning, because you also have to, when you compare Chile to Venezuela, you also have to consider that Chile is its own country, as you just said, with its own history and its own culture and a rather strong democratic base. Like, well, not perfect. Like, Chile has has strong democratic institutions, and can point to a slow and steady economic growth, which makes for a strong societal foundation, you know. And one could make the case that free and fair elections are necessary, but not enough for a a country to keep its democratic foundation. Uh, Just as, and if not even more important, I think, is our citizen participation, Mm -hmm. political representation, and political equality. And if people do not feel represented by the country, in the... uh, Sorry, if people do not feel represented, the country is at a higher risk of backsliding into authoritarian regimes. And lately, I think we've seen a lot of this in Chile. I mean, the good stuff. <laughs> increased political interest, not the backsliding. <laughs> I mean, we did see cast, yeah. so... No, well, we've seen increased political interest and participation. Sure. Look at the Estadio Social, look at the turn of the last couple of elections, just to give you a few examples. And with the incoming administrations, there's also a much greater emphasis on political representation through diverse government in terms of gender, ethnicity, and regionality. You've talked about more this representation. Like so we're not having exactly. less representation. We we're not more. having one aspect of one political party and one type of person making decisions here. The, and this is and the thing is is what's even more interesting is this is being pushed by the left. To make more people, mm-hmm. more ideas, more communities yeah. involved, while the fear of the right, which is unfounded, is that it's only going to be one radical left. But it's like no, like it's the opposite, right? It's there. There is a desire for more representation. I think that Chile is wonderfully situated because they have the moment that we're here in history. We have had the privilege to learn from the mistakes of Venezuela of other countries, of other right-wing countries. And we have seen those scars and that damage. And it is 2022, and we have a privilege and a great opportunity to take all of the lessons from the right, from the left, and implement them in Chile in a really positive way. And I think, like, there is going to be a natural fear. Change is always scary. Oh, yeah. And there are going to be bumps along the road here. I mean, you and I were talking off-air about how Chile is trying to go coal-free by 2025, and we know that that's just not possible. And that's going to be a growing pain for us because we're going to push for something we're not really ready for, 
And so we might see some electrical grid bumps in the road, but we got to know that that's a growing pain to where we want to be, which is completely non-dependent yeah. on coal. You know, but there are going to be bumps. There might be nice when you and I don't have electricity. And that's, you know what? Those few years of that is going to be so much worth it in the future when we don't have any dependence on coal. Yeah. So it's... When all is well. When all is well. Anyway, so... So, yeah, so that will be... Yeah, that will be that. Yeah, exactly. So, as you said, as I said, as we said, we right now are seeing a citizenry that has grown a lot more interested in the political ongoings. I mean, there has been a lot of apathy throughout the last couple of years, I think, when it comes to comes to politic, political issues. And I think this has radically changed <clears throat> in 2019, personally. Uh, I don't know, you might disagree there, but I also see that right now, as I said, like with the new government, there's going to be a lot more emphasis on diversity. Yeah, when you get yeah. passionate, you, for some reason, like you go yeah, down, yeah. which is yeah. weird. Just very intellectual. This is the opposite of me. I get louder. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that I've seen, and that's also, again, a personal opinion. I've seen there has been, yes, there has been a lot of apathy lately throughout the last decades from the citizen, <clears throat> from the citizenry here in Chile. In, in Chile, okay. And which is because they were very disappointed with the political elites because they didn't make good on the promises. They didn't deliver on the promises that they made. And I think all this has, like we've reached a tipping point in late, 2019 when we had the social outburst and i think we are on an basically on on a rising curve again when it comes to citizen participation political interest and all these things representation and i think like now participation came first and now representation will follow because now yeah. we have an incoming administration that places a high value on representation in terms of gender in terms of regionality in terms of ethnicity right and i think this is going to be such an important factor when it comes to avoiding chile to slide back into whatever left or right wing authoritarian regime people might fear might happen it's, it's super interesting because i remember when pineda got elected and um a lot of people had high hopes a lot of you know right wing people had high hopes of this continued push of um of money that's yeah. going to be flooding into Chile, and that didn't right. happen. Also, like you, you got to mention that when Pinera came into power for his first term, that was the first time since the end of the dictatorship that a center-right wing government. Uh, yeah, I'm talking took about power. the second time. Uh, okay, I'm talking about the second time. Gotcha. Um, the most recent election that Pineda won, like there was, you know, there's all those memes that was like, this is what, you better know, times. The better times, yeah, yeah. right? Like he's going to bring out better times. And I think what you said, which is that people don't feel represented is the biggest thing. Like yeah. Pineda got back in, in, in power and nothing good happened. Nothing happened. It was like nothing happened. It wasn't good. It wasn't, it was just like, you're not doing anything. You're not doing shit. Like, what are you doing? This day you happened. <laughs> the, but yeah, the pandemic but happened. All, the only thing people saw <laughs> is the same thing people fear from the left, which is prices were rising, things were going up, and nothing was happening. And so people, so the left was mad and the right was mad. They were like, what are you doing? You're not doing this. And any time we saw a law trying to get pushed into Congress, it got rejected because of the way that the Constitution was. And so people were like, this, I see now... There, there is a sickness here, which is the Constitution that is not allowing. It doesn't matter what affiliation you're from, left or right. If you want to change the law, you can't with the current Constitution. We have to have a Constitution that's going to represent the people, meaning the world is changing. Whatever the law is that the world is going to want now and in the future needs to be able to happen. 
no matter where you're from, left, right, up, down, I don't care. It, it, you have to have something that's going to represent yeah. the people, laws that represent the people, yeah. not just the Constitution. And that's the thing, you know, and that's also the case. And why, why am I bringing this up? Because I don't know. I, I, no, what I'm saying <laughs> is that, and, you know, y you might argue there with me, I don't see the same level of representation happening in Venezuela right now, nor did I see this happen in the 90s when Chavez took power. There was always some kind of, as far as I know, discrimination going on. And people were not feeling represented. It's, it's a, it's a, and people oh, were like, no, no, no. they were yeah. giving up, you know? Yeah, going back to Venezuela, like, because we were focusing. Yeah, we were focusing on Chile. But going back to Venezuela, you're, yeah. you're right. Because, again, it's a different type of left. Yeah. Chavez is a communist. Boric is not. That is important because Chavez and communism in and of itself has. They're, not all communists are this way, but there is an authoritarian streak and says like... Hashtag not all communists. Hashtag not all communists. But Chavez was this way, which is um, this must get done and I will do it. No matter it, the cost. No matter yeah. the cost for the greater good. Yeah. Dumbledore, Grindelwald, hashtag Dumbledore, Grindelwald. I will do it for the greater Hell good. Yeah. And that is what Chavez was saying. And there is a lot of people who believe in that. That is not Boric. At all. He has never been that way. You can go look at Boric being involved in politics since he was 15 fucking years old, and he has never been that way. You will never hear him say that. He has always been a supporter of the democratic process and the supporter of the people. Now, he'll, he has gotten in people's faces oh, about yeah. what he believes. He's and, fight for it. and he will fight for what he believes in. I'm not trying to say like he isn't going to fight for what he believes in, but he is not an authoritarian at all. No. It's un it's it's unfair, unfounded, and just incorrect to compare Maduro Chavez to Boric. It's just not correct. Yeah. It's the only reason people are doing it is because of fear mongering and yeah. fake news. And literally, I have here that that there are place it there are what's what is it called um, uh, financial uh, financial twenty four, which is a financial like investing. Um, guide newsprint why can't i use the word really <laughs> website website publication <laughs> well, yeah, that one even said like it's it, it telling people who they should invest in and it said like you should invest in chile that the idea of it becoming a like quote social leftists in latin america is quote fake news so it's even said that, like, yeah. don't be afraid to invest in Chile. The idea that it's, and it said Argentina, Colombia, Venezuela, Peru, it even compared all of those. It said Chile is not the same, which that's another discussion for if you and think. And also, I mean, sorry, just side note there. This whole thing, what really pisses me off is the whole right wing platform was campaigning on the idea that as soon as Cast got into power, there's going to be order and peace and quiet on the street and people are going to come yeah. back and invest. It's like, no, absolutely not. This is not going to happen. Like, especially when cast wins. Have, has people not been paying attention to the whole yeah. point of that? Anybody who thought that was not paying attention to the estallido. Like, the estallido happened because right-wing people were pressuring the left. Not the left, the, the citizen, the citizens. Mm. And they were charging too much money that people can't afford. 
and Cass is like, there'll be order? No, there would have been more death yeah, because yeah, there would have been exactly. more marches. That's not order. You want more death? Yeah. And people were like, well, Boris is going to you know, up the up the taxes and scare away business. And I'm just like, look, like if it was under cost right now, do you think business would invest here when the streets are literally on fire? No, because that's the thing <laughs> no. is it would be. Because you. Uh, the thing is, is protests have been... Protests in Plaza de la Dignidad have been decreasing. Protests from the right have been increasing. Violence has been increasing. They're like, oh, from the immigrants because of drugs. No, it's the right wing being racists. Like that has been the problem. Would Cast have done anything against them? No, because he supports the truckers. He's always supported the truckers. Now I, I don't I don't know if there back to really... Winayende he supported yeah. the truckers. No, I don't really know if there has been an increase or not an increase in drug-related violence when it comes to the immigrants but i think the problem here is bigger in so far as that why like you gotta ask yourself why are there drug-related problems and crimes 100%. from to begin with you know yeah. and there you come back to integration and you know immigration politics of the left versus the right right also who's buying the drugs the yeah, yeah that too you know? you know why do they resort to honestly, selling drugs in the first honestly. place honestly Chile is the biggest user of marijuana per capita of any country in Latin America. Chile. Chileans. 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 Who's buying those drugs? And, and, so we not talk, if we're going to not talk about marijuana because you're like, oh, those are not really drugs. Who's buying cocaine? I'm telling you, it ain't the poor people in Chile. It's the rich people in Chile. Because you go to a party and there are rich people there, you see cocaine. You go to a party and you go to a party with, like, working class people you're drinking pisco. You're drinking pisco, and you maybe sm- maybe one guy got some marijuana, but it is it is so it it's just infuriating this whole idea. Not that I'm supporting the use of hard drugs or devil's lettuce. D- do what you want to do. I don't care about the devil's lettuce. <laughs> it's it's legal to smoke devil's lettuce in Chile, so do what you want. Um, See, this is why we're going downhill. <laughs> I know. the devil, But it's like I'm tired of these people that I see, and I know they do cocaine. Like, I've met them. I've seen them do cocaine at somebody's wedding on a fucking, on somebody's table, and they're like, those immigrants bringing drugs. I'm like, stop buying cocaine. Like, stop it. Like, just be consistent. Like, it could be like, I, you know, like, I don't do drugs, all blah, I don't support drugs, and I don't like, because people, <sighs> you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I'm just, I'm angry. I think you have a little bit more to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have more to say. So what I focused on was, so Lenny focused on Venezuela in and of itself. It's an internal politics. So something that I focused on was sort of external politics that affected the way that uh, Venezuela is functioning right now as, uh, as a country. So what I mean by external politics is like Cold War politics and sanctions and embargoes that have been imposed on Venezuela since um, since the left wing has taken over, which has greatly affected the way that the government is allowed to operate and the way that the citizens have access to resources. So I focus on U.S. sanctions because that's, you know, basically a thing. So uh, the U.S. started imposing sanctions as soon basically as Chavez took over. Um, these sanctions not only affected Venezuela themselves, but also any country that works with Venezuela on certain, uh, in certain aspects. Um, so the, let me see, I'm free of that. Okay. So the first and major sanction I'm going to talk about is quote free. This is from the U S website. This is from the United States websites. You can look them up. These are quotes. 
Um, the U.S. implemented, quote, freezes on assets to designated entities and individuals that have under U.S. jurisdiction and prohibits U.S. persons from conducting financial or commercial transactions involving any assets. So what this means is that any U.S. individual or U.S. company cannot do any transactions in Venezuela. None. Right. No investments. You cannot give money to Venezuelans as an individual entity, and Venezuelans cannot take money from the U.S. So the effect of this obviously was really great on Venezuela. Plus, there are currently millions and millions and millions of dollars in the U.S. that are in bank accounts that Venezuelans hold, but the Venezuelan people in the countries cannot access it because all of those assets were frozen. So let's say that you're a Venezuelan with an investment in the U.S., a huge investment. You're fucked. You don't have that. So, um... Five houses. <laughs> right. So this... The reason I mentioned this particular sanction, and I'm mentioning sanctions here, is because I'm going to try to, like, make a relationship between why this would not happen in Chile. Mm -hmm. One huge reason is because we got a lot of billionaires in Chile. A lot of billionaires who own... A lot of assets in the U.S. and vice versa. And it is very beneficial to the U.S., U.S. government, especially since Luxic actually works with Donald Trump's family, to have these investments in the U.S. And it would be non-beneficial to the U.S. to freeze these types of transactions, especially since you have transactions between lithium to the U.S. You have transactions between my, uh, copper in the U.S., all of that kind of things, if the same exact sanction would be on on Chile, could not happen. But the thing is, is the only resource and the only gain that the U.S. had with Venezuela was oil, which they weren't no, getting. Just... They weren't getting oil from Venezuela. They were getting oil from the Middle East and from themselves. Okay, okay. Because I was just about. Couldn't you make the point that there, you, you know, before all the sanctions were levied upon Venezuela, couldn't you also make the point that? There are a lot of billionaires, millionaires, Venezuela millionaires that have a lot of investment. I mean, there used to be. But it's not mutual. It's not mutual. It's not mutual. Right. Okay. So, like, the honestly, I don't know how many billionaires Venezuelans there are, unless because again, the state owned the oil industry. Because what I'm saying is, like, before the sanctions came into effect, I assume that there has been a mutually beneficial trade relationship between U.S. and Venezuela, no. and at some point they were like, okay, we're going to cut this off, and which. You know, just a sidebar. I'm I'm not against sanctions per se. They're still it's it's better than you know, all out war. But like the big problem with, like broad sanctions in, instead of targeted sanctions, is that it affects the general populace a lot more than the people in charge which, because which, the people in charge always have a way out. Which here's the thing: is that is what these sanctions are doing. It is squeezing the general population more than it's ever going to squeeze the government. Hmm. So the general population that has money in the U.S. that was using that money for investments, they have now been cut off from all of that money. They have no access to it. For example, my mother-in-law, she has money in the U.S. that she's invested. If the same thing were to happen in Chile, she would be cut off from $10,000 that she used that was what she inherited from her husband when, she died, when he mm -hmm. died. And that's the money and she put it there that she could invest in the U.S. It would be gone, completely gone. And she would be like, Did well, she put it there because she was afraid of Boric? <laughs> no, it was more... It, <laughs> that would be ironic. In, investment, in, investment in dollars. It's, you gotcha. know, it's one of those things. Yeah. She, he had some investments there and she kept it in dollars. But 
imagine an entire country who no longer has access to their assets. However, so answering your question, mm -hmm. uh, no billionaires in because again, the only commodity in Venezuela was oil, and it was nationalized oil. What we're talking about in Chile is we have many commodities, m the majority of them privatized. And so we have people like Luxic, who own, who's a billionaire, who's one of the most richest people, one of the richest people in the world, and Piñera, who own industries. Not only does the U.S. have investment in their industries, they have investments in the U.S. It is mutually beneficial to not have those types of sanctions. Because at the end of the day, the U.S. is going to be recognizing how this country can be beneficial to them as well. Because one, in the mind of a lot of people, a good representation of how successful the country is is how much a country is able to internationally make money. Yeah. So that's one of them. So, okay. So in 2014, during Venezuelan protests, which you also talked about, sanctions were also enforced due to human rights violation, which is really interesting. In, in 2014? No, I didn't talk about that, though. Eh? Okay, so there yeah. were protests in 2014. Yeah. Against the government. Yeah. No, I was talking about the protests in the 80s, but that was against the, the right-wing government before Chavez came into power. Okay. So 2014, there were more sanctions put against the, the Chavez government for human rights violations. Because, unlike what you were talking about, which was uh, protests against the right-wing government, this is protests against the left-wing government. Mm -hmm. And so they brought down these sanctions because of human rights violation, which is super interesting because not all of these human rights violations were recognized internationally, and yet many of the human rights violations that happened in 2019 in Chile were recognized internationally. Yet we don't have any sanctions. And that's because, again, mm. sanctions from the U.S. are non-beneficial. Yeah. And also, I, I, I guess probably also because there wasn't a precedent yet. You know? You know what I mean? It's like because... In 2014 in Venezuela? No, no, no. Here. That's the thing, because... In 2019? We had no, a president. No, 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 but a president for... Oh, precedent. precedent. Not a president, a precedent. Okay. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is there was not a, is, there's no a precedent in Chile for sanctions. Like, I guess in... I'm just, you know, speculating here, but I would say, like, there were human rights violations in 2014 in Venezuela, and people were like, oh, there's an outrage. And just like, yeah, let's, slap, let's slap, slap on a few more sanctions onto, you know, the Venezuelan economy, because... It's, we might as well. We might as well because we've already done we've that, already right? Done, yeah. And people be like, the world community be like, oh, yeah, had it coming. Why not? You know, but in Chile, would be like, oh, oh, oh no, wait, wait a minute. Like, that would be the first time that. Yeah, that would be like a super invasion of. Uh, right? Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense what you're saying. But um, in addition, during this time, many visas from government officials to the U.S. got revoked. So they could not even travel to the U.S. to, like, discuss things that were happening. Um, and those are more like minor sanctions. Mm. So imagine like instead of the instead of them in Chile being like, oh, you raped a lot of women in jail, Carabineros, so we're going to actually do something um, like revoke some visas for, I don't know, some diplomats. Nothing happened. The U.S. did nothing. They could have done something to recognize that there were human rights violations happening in Chile, which there were, which nothing has still happened which is something Boric promises to do is to recognize like and to do something about these human rights violations but I was just gonna say that yeah I mean it, it was right-wing government <laughs> no I mean like, that's the point right like what I'm trying to say is that these are sanctions that aren't going to happen in Chile because they're not beneficial 
All of gotcha. the sanctions that were had towards Venezuela were beneficial to the international community, yeah. specifically the U.S. And the U.S. right now is looking very favorably on Chile. And these sanctions very much, very palpably affected the way that Venezuela was able to function, right? If you have the... Okay, so for example, no transactions. That means not a one of any investor, private anything, can invest in Venezuela. Not a one in the U.S. Not an individual investor, not a company can invest in Venezuela. And I don't give a shit how sexy your oil is. You cannot invest in Venezuela. They also said, if you are an international company and you want to invest in Venezuela, we will sanction you. Mm. So imagine, imagine right. how that affects a country as small as Venezuela. So for example- yeah, Because if any, like no country on this planet wants to fuck it up with the US. No. And so not only are they saying US people- I mean, except for Cuba, and North Korea, whatever. US, right. But- they also cut off and sanctioned any shipments to Venezuela. If you have a shipping company and you were shipping anything to Venezuela, you were sanctioned. 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 The Shawshank Redemption. The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> so that means, look, that means if you're buying oil, if you're giving resources, you have been sanctioned by the U.S. Because you are providing aid or not providing aid, because they don't say that, like you're allowed to provide aid, but you're not allowed to ship anything to Venezuela. Yeah, gotcha. Right, that's the difference. Again, imagine how this affects a country who's already being squeezed internally with a lot of different problems. Yeah. Right, again, that Wouldn't is what happened here. to Venezuela. What I'm trying to say is this would not happen to Chile because of a lot of reasons. Chile internationally has many, many, many investments in many, many different countries, including the U.S., Chile is the second, I think, biggest exporter of fruit to the U.S. The U.S. didn't want to lose that. The U.S. needs that shit. They also have huge mining companies, and especially with the growth of lithium that is happening, and mm -hmm. we're going to talk about an entire episode of the podcast with that, it is not beneficial to the U.S. to put sanctions on themselves mm -hmm. or international companies. Yeah. Okay, so um, also not surprisingly, the U.S. sanctioned a lot of energy companies that work to help provide Venezuela with energy. So something that you and I or I have heard, uh, probably you as well, is that Venezuela has a lot of rolling blackouts and brownouts and things like that. Yeah. Um, that is because the U.S. has um, put large sanctions on any country who agrees to provide any sort of electrical energy to Venezuela. So that forces Venezuela themselves to produce all of their own energy. And this would never happen in Chile because, again, Chile has been praised as one of the greenest energy countries internationally, which which is great, but also green energy is a huge investment. Like the reason Chile does this mm. 100% is because of money. Yeah, and they pledge to become one of the greatest green hydrogen exporter within the next couple of years, right? right? And again, internationally benefiting people who need uh, to need the green, green hydrogen. Yeah, yeah. And um, also the majority of the energy company producers in Chile are international companies. Um, Aisgener is a huge company, and it is uh, from the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, there is also a huge company that owns 10% of the market that I can't remember its name. is from France. That's, uh, in Elas, it's Italian. Yeah, and these are international companies who invest in Chile. And so we have... Although the energy grid in Chile is not the best, it is a huge investment opportunity for both Chile and the international community. 
And again, this is just a, a way that the U.S. has been able to squeeze Venezuela because there's no mutual beneficial reason for the U.S. not to do this in Venezuela. Um, da, 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 um, yeah, but then, but then, sorry, but then, my naive question though. But then, why do it at all? Just like from an ideological standpoint, just to prove a point. The idea of putting sanctions. I mean, okay, let me ask you: Why do people put sanctions on countries? Oh, because they might do something that affects you negatively. No, typically, I mean, sure. That too. <laughs> but typically sanctions are put on a country to like squeeze a country into pressuring them not to do something. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And so in the case of Venezuela, a lot of these were punishments for decisions made. Again, the idea or the reason why the U.S. is giving sanctions specifically to Venezuela is like sort of like a punishment sort of thing. The reason they're doing sanctions to Russia is preemptive because they know or they think they know that Russia is going to invade Ukraine, which from my understanding from, again, news that is in English, which is, again, take that as it, you know, English and Spanish, is that the, the Russia is planning to invade Ukraine. Um, which they have done again in the past, which, again, we are not talking about Russia and Ukraine. I don't know crap about that. I know more stuff about Venezuela and Chile. The. The Venezuela and the Chile? What? The. The, the what? Niet. Okay. So, um... Okay, that went right over yet. Yeah. <laughs> any any provisions from Russia has also been sanctioned. Any provisions from Cuba have also been sanctioned to the U.S. and especially countries like Cuba who already don't have a lot of resources. It's not worth it for them to try to provide anything to Venezuela if they're going to be super sanctioned by super sanctioned by the U.S. So okay, so that kind of basically answered my question. If he's saying that right now it's uh, mostly for ideological reasons, right? So the so there's no 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 concrete benefit. It's just like how do you look on the political stage if you do that or don't do that as the U.S. Right. Something that's also interesting is in the past having a um, a relationship with China was seen as something that was really negative um, with with governments because China used to be like one of those governments like with Mao and everything that provided things only to left-wing countries now that is not the case so the fact that chile China has a, everything to everybody exactly now now that uh in nowadays china is sort of seen as a country that has provisions and will take provisions and it's it's apolitical it's not politically associated so the fact that chile has a close relationship with china according to foreign policy which again like i said is a pretty moderate right-wing-ish magazine is not seen as something that is going to negatively impact Chile as far as what the international community is going to see Chile as. I mean, we have been one of the biggest receivers of Sinovac and yeah. we have a Sinovac factory in Chile and at no point has anybody been like, how dare you? Mm. Or anything like that. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's also in China's interest to forge ties with uh the quote-unquote third world which is what they have been doing for quite a while now right and that is not in, in, in not in any way seen by the u.s media as something negative that chile is doing it's just something that seems natural it's not something the u.s chooses to do but it's something that it's like yeah why not why wouldn't you and um of course the relationship between china and chile is is huge um ultimately talking about sanctions is and what you're thinking 
and what you've been saying is I think Chile is uniquely positioned in the mm. way that it has fostered really great relationships internationally that it's going to avoid a lot of the problematic things externally and internally that Venezuela has experienced. Yeah, yeah which is a nice summary of basically what you were saying that is just, yeah, Chile has successfully networked so well and has basically their their hands all over the place, all right. over the world, like business, political relationships, which, I mean, it's, I don't know if ironic is the term right now, but, you know, that has always been the idea and the benefit of global trade relationships, like avoid war or sanctions, avoid these kind of negative repercussions by expanding trade in a way, you know. Chile is so. so interestingly unique, like more people, more countries, more theses need to be written about Chile and theses? how, yeah, and how it is so unique in the way that it has been able to sort of balance the edge of neoliberalism and leftism for a very long time. I mean, we did have a dictatorship, but like, look, we still had, we still had some like active hands in democracy. We got out of the dictatorship for better or for worse through a democratic election. Mm -hmm. and, and this country has a communist active communist party. And which it always you cannot, has. And this is not the case in the US. This is not the case in Germany where these parties are banned. So yeah, yeah you have a strong left wing influence in this country. Still. You have a strong left wing influence, but also a very unique one, right? That we talked about earlier. This 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 communist party that wants to operate within a new type of left, a new type of communism that wants to work democratically to gain Marxist goals, but in a democratic way and not necessarily a way by force. Because again, I think something that's really important, and this is just my opinion, is when a political party feels represented, it's going to function in a way that it's supposed to. If, if the communist party feels represented, like, okay, my ideals can be reached if I have support, right wing, left wing, whatever, then you're going to have like sort of a satisfactory platform there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think I know where you're going with that. Yeah, it's like, I might not get my goals reached, but I know that there was a possibility yeah, there. They, they have something to strive for in a way. They got a goal there, you know? Right, so I know there's it, there's possibility here. It's not they like- got direction. Right, I, I, I think so. I think Chile is an amazing, I'm so excited to see what happens in Chile. I'm very optimistic. And I think that this is a really great time to be alive in a really great country. I'm super excited. Oh, it's such yeah. a nice note to, to leave know, on. end it. I don't know how far along <laughs> you are. But that's no, I'm done. This is it. That's right. it. That's no, it. No. I, I put most of my stuff with it's your stuff. And, yeah, it's heartwarming. Put most of your stuff with my stuff. <laughs> we put okay, our stuff we that's, share. Put all my honey, stuff in your it's, stuff. It, it's not what it sounds like. No, we're just good <laughs> friends. We're just good friends. None of that stuff. <laughs> but stick to this, this is not what it sounds like. Yeah, but um, I hope you guys enjoyed our stuff. If you have any yeah. comments. This was a very, I like this one. This, this was, was really fun. interesting. And yeah, I didn't scream too much at yeah, you. Yeah, I, I didn't throw things at you. I'm proud of my restraint. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> oh, you big teddy bear. I would throw things at you way before you would oh, yeah, bring it. Yeah, I'm right here. This is an empty bottle of Becker exactly. right the, there. Throw the mic. Pinguin is going to be happy. Yeah, um, but I think it was I, I really if you guys have any comments or ideas or if you have any ideas of what you want us to talk about in the future, you can always let us know. We have a Facebook and an Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. We have an email Chile Today Podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you if you're planning on visiting Chile. Um, 
if you want to call us, us pinko commies not like that happened I, before oh i mean i've been called a vapid woman it's been great Pilot on. Pilot on. See if I care. Yeah, I definitely didn't lose sleep crying in my boyfriend's arm because somebody called me vapid for the first time in my life. Of all things, vapid? Really? Did you get get insulted by a writer from the 20s? (laughs) Anyway, so we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed and hope you guys come to some of our events. So when in doubt. Gringo out. Okay, bye. Bye. The Chile Today podcast is produced and edited by podcast pinguino Diego Rivera, and it is starring Leonard Klugehe and Bethany Francis. Oh, but one of these days I just want you to not butcher my name. <laughs> Leonard Kluge, you mean. Leonard Kluge. Bye. <laughs>